It's back to 2015. You're listening to Kick a Roundtable. I'm your host, Michael McRae. Kick a correspondent, Paul Harris is in. How you doing, Paul? Hey, Michael. Very well, thanks. How are you? We have no guest this week. Paul has been covering the support or lack of it in the mining in Latin America. I will be looking at the awful market for miners as bad as a bear market of 2015. According to Ornix, Kai Hoffman, Ornix tracks financing in the junior resource space. Uh, before we start, Paul, it's September and conference time again. What event or events are you looking forward to the most? Well, the, the Precious Metal Summit in Beaver Creek is always a highlight of the year. A lot of energy, a lot of people there, so really looking forward to that. Um, then I'll be at the America's Gold Forum. Um, that's uh, got a very different complexion, but it's also a very good meeting, and uh, that's where the, the big guys tend to be share their news. Likewise, I'm going to be at uh, the Denver Gold Show, and I'm also going to be looking to a mine tour at uh, the Bunker Hill uh, Mine in uh, Idaho, and uh, that's also near a historic region, also near Hecla Mining's uh, Lucky Mine. And also, in addition, Paul, I'm going to be looking forward to your interview with uh, John Robbins, who is uh, chair of Great Bear Resources, which sold for $1.8 billion last year. Kiko will be covering Beaver Creek as well as Denver Gold Show. Please drop by and say hi. Let's turn to macro. Tough week for the miners. GDX was down 3% for the week and 22% year-to-date. On Thursday, gold hit a six-week low and silver hit a two-year low. Uh, but the week finished with a bit of a bounce after a mixed U.S. jobs report. Uh, Friday, the Bureau of Labor Statistics said that 315,000 jobs were created in August. That was a beat uh, when economists were expecting around just under 300,000. However, unemployment rate jumped higher than expected, rising to 3.7% last month, whereas economists were expecting the amount to stay steady. Gold market is holding on to modest gains today, but is still ending the week down at around the $750 um, $715 an ounce, and oil is trading in the high 80s. Copper is 3.4 a pound, and Bitcoin is trading at around the 20,000 level. Paul, what's the mining headlines? Well, um, I'm at the uh, the ACM Congress in Cartagena, which is Colombia's mining association. And yesterday we had the, the mining minister, the new mining minister, Arini Velez, talking about government policy. Uh, we also had the uh, environment minister, Susana Mahoud, uh, talking about environmental aspects. And... Uh, Mining Energy Minister Irene Velez was very, very good value entertaining the crowd here with a stand-up routine, which included some of the following crackers, which I sort of tweeted out and uh, had my first ever viral tweet, uh, particularly with this one. We want the world to decelerate their economies to reduce demand for minerals. There is less demand on Colombia. Um, that had people in stitches, that one. And uh, that's been a viral tweet for me. Um, she also said we want to generate other forms of participation and association. Our invitation is to give communities shares, uh, shares in projects, your ownership participation in projects, she means there. And she also said we are not going to fall again into the costly error of extractivism. So some very, very positive messages there for the mining sector. <laughs> in Canada, um, Canada's Canada's Investment Industry Regulatory Organization, also known as IROC, issued new guidance that seeks to clarify the status of naked short selling under its trading rules. The guidance said that market participants looking to enter a short sale order must have reasonable expectations beforehand that sufficient securities will be available to settle any trade. Without this, they said the short sale order is prohibited. Canadian mining and exploration companies formed Save Canadian Mining Organization a, a year or two ago to lobby market regulators to stop predatory short selling. 
due to concerns it erodes the value of their companies. Seems to be making some progress there. Also in Canada, Marathon Gold made a construction decision for its Ballantine Gold project in Newfoundland. Um, although it said the cost to complete will uh, be between 470 and 490 million Canadian dollars compared to 305 million uh, stated in its April 2021 feasibility study. A big ouch there. Uh, 33% CapEx growth. Um, understandably, its shares fell 18% on the day. The April feasibility contemplated a 13-year mine life based on two mining pits and a mineral reserve of more than 2 million ounces. The Cisco Mining released an updated resource estimate for its Winfield, sorry, windfall gold deposit in the Abitibi region of Quebec in Canada as it progresses towards completing a feasibility study later this year. The updated mineral and indicated resource is now 11.1 million tonnes, grading 11.4 grams per tonne gold, 4.1 million ounces, and there's also a 3.3 million ounce inferred resource there. The 2021 PEA outlined production of 238,000 ounces for 18 years. Good news, excuse me. Good news for Rob McEwen, who's finally fully funded McEwen Copper, having uh, closed the final trench of a 81 million US dollar raise, uh, raising 25 million from Rio Tinto's copper leaching technology venture, Newton. Nakura um, Mining has the Los Azules copper deposit in San Juan, Argentina. A lot in the news recently about battery metals. A lot of people forget that graphite is one of those. Graphite's 20 to 30% of a lithium iron battery. Most people forget that. Um, this week saw Graphite One announce results of a pre-feasibility study for its Graphite One project in uh, Graphite Creek in Alaska with a parallel strategy to develop a commercial scale battery and node minerals, materials manufacturing facility in Washington state. The aim there is to produce 50,000 tons a year of anode materials, 7,500 tons a year of purified Graphite project uh, products and 18,000 tons of unpurified Graphite products. The company said the project would yield an after-tax internal rate of return of 22%, following a 1.2 billion US dollar capital cost. That were the main highlights for me this week, Michael. Uh, Paul, just uh, going back uh, to your uh, Columbia ministers again as well. Um, I mean, it's a theme that I've heard before, but um, there's kind of a worrisome kind of a lack of support or a recognition of uh, mining. I think a lot of that comes from uh, uh, a lack of understanding about what the mining sector is and isn't amongst uh, the, the officials that are appointed to, to these ministries. That's certainly the case in this instance, and I think you can see that in Chile as well. There's just a, a lack of technical specialist expertise in these key positions. The markets have been awful for miners. Uh, Kai Hoffman, who runs Ornick and Store Financial Group, uh, told Kicker this week uh, that juniors are pulling in their horns to conserve cash. You're also looking at uh, reductions of drillings and everything else that they need to keep on the lights. Uh, Kai noted that there was just two, just two bought deal financings for junior miners in the month of July and August. Compare that to the fact that there's over 1,100 active miners and juniors on the TSX and Venture. But as you could always look at it the other way, it's all on sale. Rick Rule told Kiko that uh, gold stocks relative to the net present value at current gold prices are, quote, cheap as I've ever seen them in my career. Both interviews with Kai Hoffman and Rick Rule can be found on Kiko's site. That's it for us. Follow me at Michael McRae and Paul, again, is at Paul Harris Gold. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. Don't forget to subscribe. See us at the shows, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you there. On behalf of Paul Harris and myself, have a pleasant weekend.